listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Moscow Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Rod Jensen, and I was hired about a year ago to be your home group pastor. Uh, Before signing up uh, on the Real Life team, I coached basketball for 43 years. Five of those were at the high school level, 38 were at the collegiate level. Uh, it, It was a good run. Uh, 40 of those were with the guys and three were with the ladies. So we enjoy, we, I enjoyed every minute of it. Now, what we have to understand is that my coaching career uh, took me all over the country and, and it really was a fun time. And my last job at Washington State University, well, we finished the year, our administration didn't think we did a good enough job, so we were let go. That happens in that business. So my wife and I, the easy transition, we just knew the Lord was talking to us and telling us, well, it's time to go to your retirement home in Goodyear, Arizona. So we were all set to do that. But before we left, we knew we wanted to say goodbye to our real life family. And that meant going to Easter service in Beasley over in Pullman. We had also invited every one of our players and our staff to come join us on that very, very, very special day. So we hung around and during that time, during that gap in our schedule, we were taking Aaron's Life of Christ class. And after we finished one of our classes, Aaron came up to me and he started talking and he asked me, what is it that you enjoyed about coaching? And I tried to answer that as best I could. What are the things you really didn't like about coaching? And I answered that the best I could. And then he asked me, what I thought was a funny question, have you ever thought of the ministry? Absolutely not. And so, you know, it just kind of hit me kind of strange. Well, a couple days later, we get a call from Josh Gray. And Josh says, Rod, I want to take you and Brenda out to lunch. We're unemployed. We love Josh. He said he's going to pay for it. Why would we say no? So we meet over at the South Fork in Pullman. As the conversation progresses, It's going in a direction I had never thought of. All of a sudden, he's telling me, you know what? What you did in coaching could relate in you building home groups for real life. Oh, yeah? And it just kept going. It just kept going. And all of a sudden, that little voice in the back of my head. And if you're asking, what's he talking about? What little voice? It's that little voice. And that little voice started saying, this kind of makes sense. This kind of makes sense. So we went home. Brenda and I had a big decision to make. Where are we going to follow? Where are we going to go to our retirement home in Arizona? Or where are we going to make the big move from Pullman to Moscow and try to build the home groups over here at Real Life Church? I have to believe that the answers to, those, to that question came during the previous five years. When we became members at Real Life, when we joined a small group over in Pullman, when we took Aaron's Life of Christ class, it all pointed us to new priorities. Priorities of relationship, priorities of discipleship, priorities of serving. Now, we have been in the Shaping Faith series for a long time. We went from the fundamentals, the core four, to where now we're talking about the circle, which is healthy community. A couple weeks ago, Emmy and Aaron talked to us about forgiveness. Wow, two contrasting stories. You have Samson who had 
no idea what the definition of forgiveness was. And then you had Joseph who might have been the definition of forgiveness. It was a great sermon. And then Josh last week talked to us about boundaries, how boundaries were set for us by God, how we use those boundaries to tell us how we're going to live our lives. Two great sermons. If you didn't get either one of those, I highly recommend you go online and you look those up and you get caught up. Now, let's start off with some scripture. We're going to be in Matthew 24. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that the servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time, and he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right, a couple things from that scripture. Number one, we don't know when Jesus is going to return. He does tell us we are to be prepared if we prepare properly, he is going to bless us. If we don't prepare, there's gonna be gnashing of teeth. Now, preparation is the key to any success. I've always called it adult homework. Now, I want you to bear with me right here and don't throw me off the stage. There are, there, there, there's a luck part to any great season, I don't care what sport you're talking about, and that luck is certain people can't get hurt. Well, we were at Boise State University. Okay, we got out of the way now. We got out of the way. And we're, we're one of you now, okay? So, so please. So we're at Boise State University, and we had one of those years where every player that we couldn't afford to get hurt got hurt. We were down to seven players. We couldn't practice. We were barely finishing games. So we said, well, let's go to Pokey. Pokey was our football coach. We said, Pokey, you got any guys who played in high school who might want to come out and help us for the rest of the year? And lo and behold, the next day we had two football players who were to come out and help us play. Well, we're getting right. We are playing Idaho State. It's late in the game. It is crunch time. And it basically boils down to this. Frank Robinson, who is one of our football guys, gets fouled. If he makes this free throw, we're going to win the game. If he misses this free throw, we're going to lose the game. So Idaho State's coach calls a timeout. Our guys hustle over to the huddle. It's not looking good. Frank is peaked. His throat is so dry he can't even talk. 
his hands are sweaty. So we finish up with the huddle and it's like, oh boy. And just as we left, I remember Coach Dye saying to Frank, Frank, don't be short. Pretty good advice. Frank goes out there to the free throw line. He's setting himself up. And I turn to my coaching buddy, George, are his knees shaking? Yeah, they are. Oh, Jesus. So the ref gives him the ball. Frank tees it up. He's all ready to go. And as he launches it, my first thought was, ball, please stay in the pavilion. He shot it so high and so long, but wouldn't you know it, it hit the backboard. It hit the front, the back of the front rim. It bounced around. Booyah, it went in and we won the game. Now, it was a great win for us. But why was it so uncomfortable for Frank to be in that position? He never prepared. He never put himself in that situation. He never shot hundreds of free throws in the off season to get, become a better free throw shooter. He didn't go up there where we all play these games. Oh, it's a tie ball game. If I make this, we win the Big Sky Championship. Oh man, okay, now, now we're in the Big Sky Tournament. If I make this, we win it, we go to the NC2A Tournament. Yeah, oh boy, now we're in the NC2A Tournament. If I make this, we beat Duke. Boom, yeah. No, he spent all his time preparing for a football career in the NFL, which he did do, by the way. Played three years with the Denver Broncos. So preparation is very, very, very important. Very important. Now, let's look at some more. Let's look at more scripture. Let's, and you'll see where I'm taken here in just a second. We now have, we now have Romans 14, 10 through 12. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister or why do you treat them with contempt? For we all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Wow. So whether God is coming for the second coming we are going to be held accountable. Or even if he calls us prior to, to him, we are going to be held accountable. So if being held accountable is so important, how do we prepare for that? We have to be prepared. Scripture tells us. Now we go to, now we go to Matthew 6.33. But seek first. Guys, key word, first, first, not second, not eighth, not 22nd on the list, first, seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Wow, it's all about the preparation. So we need to seek him first. Now, recruiting is vital to any successful team, all right? And what we try to do, everybody's trying to get the best players possible. And we try to dazzle our recruits. We'd get into their home and we try to dazzle them with booyah, this right here. Wow, isn't that impressive? It was basically a piece of notebook paper and this is what it looked like. At the top, it had our goal, gentleman, student, athlete. We want to recruit people with character. 
We wanted to recruit people who wanted to be the best they could possibly be in the classroom and on the court. Now, as I'm explaining that to them, I am hoping that that athlete and his parents are going, well, that schedule looks a little bit different than what we're used to because in high school, it's just class, 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 class. But in college, we have gaps. So the next thing I would do is I'd get out a pencil and I'd start circling all these gaps right here. And I can tell you this, if your gaps are positive, you are going to have a positive college career. If your gaps are negative, you're gonna have a negative college career. And this is what I mean about this. Number one, gentlemen. Well, gentlemen, we want you to serve. So one of those little gaps right there should be community service. All right, so we got that on the table now. We have to prepare for our classes. We required our players to go to study hall at least one hour every day. So we would fill up seven of those gaps with study hall. You could fill up gaps with senior tutors. You could fill, fill up a gap senior academic advisor. You could fill up a gap going to see a professor. But all that to be a good student. Basketball-wise, down at the bottom right there, those all, all the big uh, straight across three hours a day, we're going to have you. Three hours, but promise you at, at the level, division one level, they're not satisfied with three hours of practice. Heck, we're not satisfied with three hours of practice. They wanna now have individual workouts. So fill your gap with an individual workout. Get some extra shooting, get some extra defensive uh, work. Give yourself some time to go in and watch some film with your coach. So if I fill my gaps like that, I'm gonna have a good experience. But I'm telling you, as time wears on, we are going to wear your little fannies out. And now your little voice is gonna start talking. Let's take, a look at, uh, let's take a look at Tuesday, okay, Tuesday. I have a nine o'clock class and that little voice says, you know, if we don't set the alarm, we can sleep right through that class. We can go all the way to one o'clock in the afternoon. Bad gap. Bad gap, and that's how it starts. Instead of preparing in that gap, a study hall, library time, whatever the case might be, you are starting to go down a bad path. So your gaps need to be filled up with positive things. Okay, now let's go to more scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Wow, sleep. Now, can we put up the next slide, please? And that would be the one, wow. Here we go. Now, we already said, I thought, I thought that would be a good goal for us. Seek first his kingdom. Does that make sense? Seek first. He's telling us we're going to be held accountable. Well, how do we prepare for that? We prepare for that by first seeking his kingdom. So let's see now. We have a goal, but I'm telling you, a goal without an action plan is a dream. Dreams don't get it done. 
Guys, dreams do not get it done. You need action. You need to do something to reach your goal. You can't just sit there and do nothing. You can't just sit there and dream about it. So let's see if we can look at scripture and fill these things in. So the first thing was sleep. It's not overrated. It's very, very important. If you want to be your best physically and mentally, you need sleep. Now, when I was growing up, and that was a long time ago, they said eight hours. Eight hours was what was required to, to, for you to be rested and ready to go. As time is goes on, it's down to seven. It's down to seven hours, and statistics tell us that close to 50% of Americans still don't get enough sleep. And they're saying we need less of it. We can all use a little bit more sleep. Now, my very first teaching job was at Rubidoux High School in Riverside, California. I was hired to teach typing and accounting, and I was going to coach the sophomore boys basketball team. I was fired up. I will never forget our principal calling all the first-year teachers in and saying, hey, I'm going to warn you right now, there are going to be times where you are going to feel overwhelmed. You're just going to feel like the wall is going to crash on you. And my suggestion to you is make sure that you are rested. For when you are rested, you can handle anything that comes your way. I always thought that was pretty good advice. Okay. So look at this. We got some sleep. Now I got you going to bed at 11 o'clock at night. I got you getting up at six o'clock in the morning. We have our seven hours. Oh, look at Saturday. Get to sleep in on Saturday, but you don't want to sleep in too much because you take away all that big gap, which is basically free time. So from sleep, let's, let's look at our next chunk. And our next chunk would have to be work. Work, okay? Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. I feel that too many of us feel that work is a bad connotation, that work is a bad thing, that Adam and Eve fell and God came in, he was ticked off and he says, oh yeah? Well, since you guys messed up, I'm going to make you work for the rest of your lives. But if you really look at the story, Adam was working the garden before the fall. Adam was working the garden before Eve ever came on the scene. So God gave us the gift of work. It is a gift. It is a gift. Let's look at more scripture. Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Next slide. The spirit works in our lives to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ, so the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Wow. The Father works, the Son works, the Spirit works, Work must be okay for us too. It must be so okay for us, God even tells us how to work. Next slide, please. Can we go, uh, we have one more scripture. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, 
as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Wow. You mean I'm supposed to give my best effort to a job that I don't even like? Yep. I'm supposed to give my best effort to a job and I don't even like my boss. Yep. I'm supposed to give my best effort and my job is hard. <laughs> yep. You are. Every minute that you work, you are showing your coworkers what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So if you give your best effort and you work with the fruit of the Spirit, you are going to draw people to your Lord and Savior, and hopefully they will find them too. Let's look at our calendar. Now, we've got two big chunks. We've got sleep, we've got work, and my goodness gracious, Jizo, are you kidding me? Look at all the white space we still have to fill up. So let's look at our goal. Seek first, right? Seek first. So let's talk about what happens at six o'clock in the morning. That alarm goes off, it's six o'clock, you jump out of bed, and now you go find your quiet place. This is where you jump into the text. We're gonna start the day with our fundamentals. So I go, I open up the text. I might read the text, I might write the text, I might type the text, I might Bible study the text. It doesn't matter, just get into his word. The better understanding we have of Jesus Christ, the better we can follow him. He wants us to pursue him. He wants us to chase after him so we can follow him in the proper way. Next is prayer. Okay, so 30 minutes in text. Now it's time to go to prayer. I have always been a believer that defense wins championships. You look tomorrow night's national championship game, I think there's going to be a lot of people that might agree with that. Half of it means I'm not a very good offensive player. <laughs> and I wanted to play, so I figured out if I was good defensively and I could get the ball to guys who were good with the basketball, that I could help the team out. So that's what I did. Now, if you would have heard one of our practices or if you maybe would have seen me coach, you would have always heard the word stance. Get in a stance. And we're talking about nose, chest, wide base, spread out, be strong, get your feet moving. It's not an easy thing to do, I promise you. And you have to do that after sprinting from one end of the floor to the other end of the floor, moving around in your motion offense, and then you gotta sprint back, and then you gotta get in that stance again. Holy cow, I, I probably said it a million times in my career. But what I have found is a better stance. A stance which is much, much less physically taxing, but a stance that is much more powerful. Get on your knees, humble yourself to the Lord, and this is a great stance for prayer is powerful. I can't tell you how many great discussions we have had in our home group. And one of the conversations we had one night was on prayer. And through our conversation, some statistics came out. Statistics that were alarming. 
First year marriages end up in divorce 50% of the time. Second and third marriages end up in divorce 70 to 80% of the time. Now, please write this down. I, I don't know even what your notes look like to be honest with you. Married couples who pray together end up in divorce one percent of the time. Couples, get out of bed. Come together, pray together, become one, become closer. My wife, Brenda Jay, and I, I, I promise you, we did not pray, but unless something terrible happened or, you know, there was some big event on the horizon, we'd do that once in a while together. I kind of did my prayer thing. She did her prayer thing. And then I, I forget, I think it was Josh who talked about prayer, and we accepted the 21-day prayer challenge. It changed our lives. It was incredible. So I really, really, really recommend that couples, you get up and pray together. Now, we're still in our fundamentals. We started off in the text. We start, now we've gone to prayer. Now it's time to wake up the house. Go to the radio, crank up the radio. It's worship time. And anybody that's in your house is going to hear those songs playing, hear them blaring, and all of a sudden, what's going to happen? As I'm shaving, I'm singing along. As I'm showering, I'm singing along. As I'm getting dressed, I'm singing along. Everybody's singing along. Guys, you see the lyrics up here. The lyrics are so powerful. It's like being in his word. It sets you up for success to follow Jesus better throughout your entire day. It's incredible what worship will do. Okay, now let's look up here now. Let's take our next slide. We have now filled up basically six to seven o'clock. That's the green we just filled in. It doesn't stop here for your fundamentals. When you're in the car, everybody tells me now you can listen to the text. You can turn on Christian radio and you can sing in your car. You can pray at any time throughout the day. So your fundamentals, the more you work on the fundamentals, the more you're going to be filled with the Spirit. Okay? So, it, so it's really kind of a simple deal. Now, fourth, fourth of our fundamentals is fasting. Takes no time. <laughs> Takes self-discipline. Oh, self-control. Now, maybe you're having a hard time getting up at 6 o'clock. What a great time to fast and ask the Lord to give you the strength, to give you the courage, to give you the passion that when that alarm goes off, you're going to jump out of bed and you're going to go into your motion plan. Okay? So fasting is a big, big, big deal. All right. So here we go. We've, we're really working on our fundamentals. Now the Holy Spirit's going to start taking a hold of you. And the Spirit's going to say, community. You don't do this by yourself. You do it in community. And that's why you guys are here today. But not only do you do it in community, you must have a servant attitude also. Because if I spent the time in the fundamentals, if I spent my time in the text, I know that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. That's a pretty good example that he wants us to serve. So attend one service and serve another service. 
Now that would be something that is very, very, very special. So when we, look at our, when we look at our calendar now, all of a sudden we got this brown over here, three hours Sunday morning. You come to one service, you serve the other. Maybe you come Thursday, you come back on Sunday, whatever works in your schedule. But be of a servant attitude. Now, here you are at real life. We're doing community together. And that little voice has a question. What did he mean by that? Hmm. But you can't really ask during the service. That would be kind of inconsiderate. So where can I do that? Is there a place I can go that would be safe for me to ask that question and try to get it answered? Is there a place I could go that I could learn from other people's experiences? Is there a place to go where the group would maybe hold me accountable? Oh, I got a place for you. It's Wednesday night, it's home group time. Home groups, you gotta get connected to a home group, okay? It's another way, it's another way of seeking his kingdom first. So now we've got Wednesday night filled up and the next thing, oh man, we're, we're working here, we're working here. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 30 minutes, 30 minutes of exercise will make you feel better mentally and physically. Now, I'm a coach. So usually for us, more is better. I'm gonna give you an hour in your schedule to get better, okay? And sometimes you have to use your imagination a little bit. Maybe you really do have an hour for lunch. Well, you could go work out at lunch if you packed your lunch early in the morning and then when you finish with your workout, you could eat your lunch at your desk and still get your work done. You gotta look at different ways to fill your gaps in a positive way, but we're taking care of our bodies. now. Is there anything up here that isn't part of our goal, which is seek first his kingdom? So we are preparing our time when we are going to be held accountable. But guys, look at all the white that's still left up there. That's gaps. Those are gaps that you can now fill with. If you're married, spend time with your wife. Make sure she knows that she's important to you. If you have kids, spend time with your kids. Raise them, lead them, guide them. That's what those gaps are for. That's why you don't want to sleep in on Saturday. You got the whole day to do family stuff. It's a great time, okay? So those are now the things that you have to fill the gaps. Guys, there's plenty of time. And there's still time left for you to do your hobbies, whatever that is. There is time. It's all about how you prioritize. And if you seek first his kingdom and then you use the time that's left over for what you want to do, I think you're preparing yourself for something really, really, really good down the road. All right, next slide. Let's look at this. We have a little bit different goal. Seek first the American dream. Now, not many gaps up there, not nearly as many gaps up there, and the gaps we do have are very small. I'm gonna get myself up at six o'clock in the morning, but I am working for 12 hours a day. 
And that's a long, long time. And I'm going to work on Saturday too because the more money I make, the more things I can buy, the more things I can do, and we just keep chasing that Ameri- that, that, the American dream. Guys, now I'm not a great Bible scholar. I've been in it much, much more the last year. And I can tell you, I have not come across scripture that says when we are going to be held accountable, Jesus says, what's your bank account look like? How many toys do you have? I don't think so. I think he's gonna look at, are we seeking his kingdom first? Okay? Guys, work is a gift. Rest is a gift. God gives us all kinds of gifts, but our priorities are our own. We watched film till the sheep came home because I want, our players knew, film doesn't lie. Now, if I look at your bank account, if I look at your weekly schedule, it doesn't lie either. It tells us exactly where your priorities are. Let's make sure we're seeking his kingdom first and not the American dream first. As we transition into communion, those of you that are serving, if you'd go back and and get that passed out, we would appreciate it. Uh, We have an open table here at Real Life. And when we talk about time and priorities, isn't it amazing that we do communion every week? We don't ever wanna forget what Jesus did on the cross for us. So if you would just please, if you're a believer, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, please hold on to the elements and we'll take them together. Now, we have questions for the week for your home group. Number one, when prioritizing your life, whoa, we changed it. Did we? When prioritizing your life to seek first his kingdom, What game plan adjustments do you need to make? Take some time this week and just look at your schedule. Look at your bank account, see where your time and your money are going and see if you have to make some adjustments in order that you can seek his kingdom first. Okay, very, very important. Now, number two. When you think about the gaps in your schedule, how are you filling them in? All right, now, gaps are really important. Gaps are going to dictate whether you're successful or not successful in your goal. So really, it's important, what is your goal? What are you chasing after? So set your goal, set your priorities the right way, and then your action plan will help you reach that goal. Now. We are at the final, we are at the final now. There's two teams left in the NC2A tournament. And so if you thought you were gonna get out of here without filling out a bracket, you're wrong. So our third question is, now, you ju- I just want you to think, we have our four number one seeds. Can we get the, the next one, the uh, bracket up, please? Now, here's our bracket. We have four number one seeds, we have text, up there in the northwestern zone. We have worship 
in the southwestern, we have prayer in the northeast, and we have fasting in the southeast. Those are our fundamentals. Those are our core. That's making us better from the inside out. Now, for me, the first game was text or texting. Yeah, that one's pretty, I'm not a real texter, so the text wins that one. So let's move text over. Now, down below, worship and workout. I love to work out. I gave workout the nod so we have an upset in the Southwest region. (laughs) Over in the Northeast now, we have prayer and golf. And I kind of thought, well, I'm always praying to God to help me be a better golfer. So I kind of combined the two. But golf won out and down below, fasting or eating, I put eating. My gosh, I had three upsets in the first round. That doesn't say too much about me. And then the text and workout, I went with workout. And then between golf and eating, I went with golf. And between golf and the workout, I ended up going with golf. And my gosh, I'm feeling like a failure. But, 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 guess what? If I first seek his kingdom, so if the very first thing I do in the day is the core four, it doesn't compete with my hobbies later on in the day. And it just might help me play better, play more like a Christian, and maybe to sell what a follower of Jesus Christ is really all about. Okay. This is a great time of year. I can't, I just, you know, it's amazing how Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen. And when he had his disciples together, he, ba- he said to them, guys, this is my body. Remember me. Let's remember Jesus. And then he took the cup saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant. Let's drink and remember. Dear gracious God, I just thank you for every person who is in attendance here today, Lord. I thank you for all the volunteers behind the scenes. Lord, you've given us the gift of time. How we use that time will honor you. And everybody here today made the decision that the time chasing you was more important than time in bed or time chasing other things. Lord, I would ask that each and every one of us seek your kingdom first. I would ask that we would take some time during the week to take a look at what our schedule is about, what our bank accounts are about, and if there are adjustments we need to make, let's make them so we can seek you first. Lord, your special day, Easter, is right around the corner. Please give me the courage, give us the courage to ask people to come to church to get to know you better, Lord. Let's fill this place, and as we fill it, we need volunteers, and I would ask that you would place on the hearts of everybody here that they would be willing to serve and to help out. Lord, we love you, and we say these things graciously in your son's name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. 
Until next time, have a great week.